And welcome to another edition of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Along with Kelly Patrick, Ashley Danielle, I am the Carlo Kellum. Sad news this past week in the wrestling industry. For those of you that don't know, uh, the great Ultimate Warrior passed away just days after being inducted to the, the WWE Hall of Fame and being on Monday Night Raw for the first time in, I think, over 18 years. Uh, he suddenly uh, uh, just kind of passed out, leaving his hotel room to his car. Uh, Suppose he had a stroke, a heart attack, and that was the uh, the end of the great Ultimate Warrior. One of my favorite wrestlers of all times when I was a kid. Uh, he brought a lot of energy, a lot of excitement to the ring. He really revolutionized the uh, the wrestling industry uh, with his gimmick that he had. And even even at one point, he changed his name from Jim Helwick to the Warrior. But once again, it's a sad day. As you see, we open up the show with the Ultimate Warrior music. You know, I'm a big wrestling fan. I know Tyler Boyd's a big wrestling fan. And uh, I'm sad to see him go. But tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw, you don't want to miss the tribute to the Ultimate Warrior that they're going to do for him. And for those of you who don't know, he had been away from the WWE for a long time. They had bad blood, bad beef. Uh, he and Vince McMahon had fell out uh, over what we don't know. I think it was money. But when he came back to his uh, Hall of Fame induction, he righted the ship with the WWE, uh, gave a very, very emotional speech. And what I liked about the Ultimate Warrior, man, you can tell that he really loved his family. He had two little girls there at the Hall of Fame speech that were very lovely, very lovely wife. And uh, just very sad that they had to go through this uh, on such a high note early in the week. And then you're at the ultimate low uh, dealing with the, the, the death of their father. But once again, tribute to the ultimate warrior. We got a lot, great, a lot of great stuff to cover today. When Kelly, you're not going to say anything about the ultimate warrior? You're just going to say, hey, we got a lot of great stuff to talk about. You're not going to say, hey, that's sad, man, the ultimate warrior. It's sad anytime someone dies. It was man. obviously induced by, by a hard life of living. He died we at 54. We don't know what it was, you know, until the autopsy comes out. Pro wrestlers know. just coincidentally all dropped dead in their 50s? It, like I said. Gary, is it? Or, or Todd, is that a coincidence? No, it's not a coincidence. I don't I'm not ju- saying I'm happy that, uh, you know, it is This sad. closes the saddest chapter in American history. <laughs> this closes the saddest chapter in American history. It's a sad topic. Anytime someone passes away, I grew up being a, a professional wrestling fan. Um, well, thank you I, for showing some type of respect, Kelly Patrick. But there's a lot to talk about today. Um, I think some more significant stories out there, one of them being Jordan Spieth. 20-year-old kid in front for the Masters. Going to break Tiger Woods' record, at least one of his records. Um, we'll see today as it is Sunday if he gets to wear the green jacket. Todd, do you think uh, Jordan Spieth has much of a shot? No. You still sticking with your pick of Bubba Watson, Todd? Todd is sticking with Bubba Watson. So today is Sunday. Sunday at the Masters, one of the more... Is it? Is it one think, of the more um, prestigious days in the sporting world altogether? Do you think that it has the? I wonder what the the ratings are like right now without Tiger Woods. He's not even in it. You're I, right. I know. What are the ratings like without him in it? That um, I don't know because I haven't seen that much coverage on ESPN like I usually would have if Tiger was playing. So that's fair. I don't. I don't think it's near as high. I don't think. Uh, I don't think that. Uh, but it's always good to see some new fresh blood come in and win the Masters. I think last is year. It? Yeah, last year why was Jack Australia. Do you always want the same guy winning? I do. Okay. I do. I'd like to have Adam Scott win it each year, and and and, and, or something like that. Okay. And I'd like to see American. No, he's Australian. You you don't want an American to win it, Kelly? What do you think? I hate people from other countries. Usually, you're like, well, he's American. You know, I put an emphasis on that. I pointed out because as we established last week, Ernie Els has more majors than Phil Mickelson. Yet, 
the average American sports fan seems to think Phil Mickelson's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But because matches. Ernie Els is from South Africa, nobody cares about him. So it is. It is. It does matter if you're an American, right? I mean, I, Americans like Americans more than they like people from other countries. They do. I like people in general. Probably. I do too. I do too. I don't have a problem with with um, Greg Norman as an Australian. Greg, Greg Norman is actually probably not the best example because the American sports public kind of really embra- embraced Greg Norman, uh, the shark. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see today. Is is he going to be able to to pull it together and, and break Tiger Woods' record? Does anyone care? Does anyone really care? Good is, point. Is there a chance that this will be someone who's who's changing the the guard for for golf? I don't think there's much of a sense around that. It's not like everyone's saying, "Oh my God, this this young kid is going to win the Masters and then he's going to be the next Tiger Woods." That's a good point. Good point. Kevin. It doesn't yeah. seem like that's that's on the even on the table. You're right. And also, don't forget, 30 minutes after the hour, we do have uh, Keenan Singleton calling in from WTVQ out of Lexington, Kentucky, uh, ABC affiliate, affiliate on Channel 36. He's the weekend sports anchor. He's going to call, call in and talk about the Kentucky Wildcats. Kind of give us a breakdown of your re- in review of the, their ultimate low to ultimate high in uh, making it to the national championship. So that'll be a good conversation to have here later in the show. couple great guests today. Uh, we also have at 1120, Mark Blankenbaker of the Crunch Zone is going to call in. Give us his... Take on the red white scrimmage, or I'm sorry, the, the, the spring game, not the red white scrimmage, the equivalent of football or the equivalent for football of the basketball red white scrimmage, the, the, the spring game. And we get to see Bobby Petrino back with the Louisville Cardinals. We get to see guys like Michael Dyer and Dominique Brown, James Quick. We get to see and hear from Mark about how explosive are these guys going to be in Bobby Petrino's offense. So I want to encourage our listeners give us a call, 502 384. 1450, um, you know, what What do you want to talk about today? We're now joined in studio by the lovely Ashley Danielle. How are you doing this morning, Ashley? Wonderful. I am uh, much better now. Uh, shout out to Jason Cook and Cook's Auto, who's taking care of my broken axle this morning. Greatly appreciated. Uh, I do want to go back for a moment, and Carlo said something like, I like all people. <laughs> and that was probably the greatest blasphemy I've ever heard on radio. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by that, Ashley? Carlo doesn't like anybody. Carlo, you're a little bit of a Grinch. I'm a very, a very loving person. That was nice the way you said that, Kelly. Carlo, li- Carlo, you're a little bit of a Grinch. A tad bit of a Grinch. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, where J stands for justice. Personal injury attorney, call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. We're going to have Brandon call in, correct us on our factual inaccuracies per what he does every week. He'll be doing it a little bit different a different time slot today, shortly after Ashley's Loco Cinco at 11 o'clock. Uh, we'll get Brandon and his take on everything. I want to encourage our listeners, once again, give us a call, 502-384-1450. We talk about all things on the Weekend Sports Buzz. We're a sports show. My question to, to our listeners is, what's your number? How many players from this Kentucky basketball team are going to leave and are going to go to the NBA draft? I don't need you to list them for me. We want to have some quick phone calls today. We want some stimulate some dialogue. Do you think it's going to be two? Do you think it's going to be eight? I'm pretty sure that Keenan, who's right there in the belly of the beast, can give us a better perspective on who's going to leave and who's Keenan, going to stay. Keenan, sports reporter from Lexington, should have very interesting insight. I think that Calipari and, and his crew keep this type of information very close to the vest. I don't think that many people really know if a guy like Dakari Johnson will be taking a, dare will I Cal- call will it. Will Calipari even be back next year? 
That's I mean, yeah, food for well, that's, a, that's yeah. the big question. Is yeah, he that's going a to be huge back? question. You but know, then you think, why would some of those kids stay, knowing the caliber of talent that is coming in the next year? Um, so then, you know, that's that would be a situation in Kentucky we've not seen is those players competing against those same type of caliber players yeah. coming in that have probably been promised they're going to be the star because, you know. And this is a Sunday morning, so I think all Louisville fans right now, they should get in church and get on their knees and pray that Calipari leaves because if not. This is a nightmare. They won't beat Kentucky for a very long time if he, if he stays. That's really? just a fact. Yeah. So pray that he leaves so you guys can have a chance in the future. There's well, no, no denying Cal has owned Rick since he's been in Lexington. Ashley, and, right? Well, yeah, seven I'll, and, I'll give seven you that. And, seven and one. I think it's I think it's ironic that we're talking as Cardinal fans about the spring football game and all of those type things, and all Kentucky is like dead because basketball season is over, and we're talking it's about it's really painful. Yeah, it it's is really painful. painful. To painful to listen to UK fans talk about basketball twenty four seven like there are not other men's and women's sports that take place at that university. Just the side There's note. some excitement for the Kentucky football team really? uh, this year. There is some. I don't know if it's warranted. <laughs> it's never warranted. I don't know if it's warranted. But well, they, you know, remember they spent all that money on that new facility, so hopefully it's warranted. And another story, I know we're all NBA fans. You guys are Heat fans. I'm a Pacers fan. So is our man Brian the Insider. So we got a, a, a little bit of a rivalry in-house here going on. Uh, as of right now, the Pacers actually lead the, I'm sorry, the, the Heat lead the Pacers. One game. Yeah, by one game or is it a half a game? I think a game and a half or something like that. Maybe a half game. But it, they're, they're it looks, actually, I'm looking at it. They're both 54 and 26 right now. I think uh, the Heat has won. They won the series uh, okay. between the two. So yeah, I think you're right. They're in the lead. Um, but it's, I don't think it really matters who's one and two in that division. Why not? Why Coast. not? It, it doesn't you don't matter. think home court advantage matters in the Eastern Conference Finals? It, it only matters if they both meet in the Eastern Conference, which though. they will. Yeah. It's I don't not the way Indiana's playing right now. Right now, I don't know where they're, they're, what's their record. Uh, I think last week when we last looked, they were like three and seven in their last ten. Over their last ten, they're they're three and seven. They have so. some interesting stuff going on in the locker room. Maybe they're going to pull a UK. <laughs> Get hot could it's happen. Like, Get hot at the end. It's it could possible. happen. Right. LeBron James probably isn't going to win the MVP this year. What do you guys think of that? I don't think it matters. He's won five. Has he won five? He's won five. I think he said he was one of five players that have won it five times. Wow. He's won five and he's like 28? I saw that on ESPN. Uh, I will look it up to double check. But uh... Wow. Five. Good deal. There's guys like (laughs) Michael Jordan who in his prime, there was a time when he lost the MVP to who? The, ma- the mailman, Carl Malone. And I-, I think in the history books, this may look pretty similar. If Kevin Durant never wins a title, and he stole one away from, from LeBron James during LeBron's run. I mean, are the Heat going to stay together after this run? If they win the title, will we see Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron James all back in South Beach running for a, a fourth consecutive title? I think this says he's won the... MVP award for the NBA three times and twice in the All Star MVP. Oh, so okay. So he's, he's so won three. three. Yeah. You're damned if you do. You're and damned, you're damned, damned if, you if you don't. And you're damned. <laughs> so we've got, got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We've got the Masters. We've got Kentucky basketball that we want to hear uh, our listeners chime in on. How many is Willie Cauley Stein? I've heard rumors that Willie Cauley Stein may be coming back. Is that a possibility? Is Dakari Johnson going to go? My Hell. biggest question is, are the twins going? Is that 
Yeah, that's a huge question. Yeah, I, they're they, a package they were, deal. I think they they're, shouldn't. They're a package deal. There's no I mean, denying. of course they're a package deal. I think they should not go, though. I don't think they're anywhere close to ready. I don't really? know. The, the one who played the, the clutch throughout the tournament, I think yeah, he's I mean, ready to go. Yeah, no, definitely yeah, not. Yeah, I, well, he's not yeah. ready to go because he made two three-point shots. Like, yeah, that's that's great. You helped your team win. But in the grand scheme of playing against men in the NBA, he's so here, not ready. None of them are ready. Here's the thing about none of these kids are ready coming out the last several years. But the thing about the NBA is they draft, they on, draft po- on, potential, on potential, which is not about what you're doing. We back up a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how much that ruins the NBA, how terrible the NBA is to watch. No one watches the NBA anymore. Not like they used to. I agree. It's boring. I only watch it during the playoffs now, it seems like. Yeah. I only watch it during the playoffs when <laughs> Miami's playing. But, you, but you're right. It's uh, they based off like guys like Russ Smith, they've had four years to evaluate his whole career, and he's probably going to go in the second round. I think Montrezl Harrell should leave right now. I think if he stays another year, he's going to hurt his draft his draft chances next year. Probably not. He's going to be playing because he's going to get he's going to get better. Now they're going to have too much time to evaluate him in the ACC. It's gonna That's be a horrible it's gonna be argument. Tougher competition. That is a That's a horrible argument. Tougher competition next year. It's not going to be like playing in the American. If you look at okay, it's not like playing in the American. And the American just won the national championship. No, what are you talking about? UConn won the national championship, which is the American Conference. While we're talking about how terrible they are, there were two good teams in America. Who? Seriously, who are those? UConn and Louisville. Really? Yeah, that was it. So Memphis wasn't good. Memphis was decent. Cincinnati should have been SMU. in the conference. They yeah, they, been got, they, the, they, they, they got, got shafted. Yeah, they got shafted. I agree with that. I'm a, hey, I'm a big Larry Brown fan. I'm just saying there was two good teams in that conference. So on the big we just team. talked about four, and you just said there's only two. I said two good teams. Oh I said those God. teams. Please, okay. kids, stop fighting. This is coming from the guy who all season said Connecticut was not a good team. I did, and I was wrong. Oh Hats gosh. off to Kevin Alley, man. Hell of a job. You know, I know he listens to our show every Can Sunday. Can you repeat that? And I'm I was sure because I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure we've ever heard you say that out loud. Kevin Alley listens to our show every Sunday, so I'm sure I added some fuel to his fire, and I take credit for them winning the championship this year. We are the weekend sports buzz coming at, at you every Saturday from nine to eleven, and Sunday from ten until noon. Uh, we're brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence. We're here on fourteen fifty, the Sports Buzz WXVW. I want to remind our listeners, the 2014 Sports Buzz golf card is out. These cards didn't last long last year, so get yours today. This year's card features Chariot Run, Glen Oaks, Polo Fields, Heritage Hill, Woodhaven Country Club, Jefferson Elks, Valley View, and Christmas Lake Golf Course in Santa Claus, Indiana. Play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2014 Sports Buzz golf card. There are a limited number of these cards available, so get yours today at 1450thesportsbuzz.com slash golf card or call 812-725-1457. Carlo, Ashley, and myself, Kelly, are going to head to a break, and we'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Kelly Patrick, I'm Carlo Kellum, joined by the lovely Ashley Danielle. On the Lincoln Oxmoor Ford, Ford Buzz line, we have the great Brian the Insider is going to be breaking down some NBA and also horse racing. Brian, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Good morning, sunshine. <laughs> Ashley, we missed you last weekend. I, uh, I particularly missed you, so I'm glad you're back. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, hey, I tell you what. First thing I want to do is say the number six. 
That's my projection for how many Kentucky players will opt for the NBA draft. I think that's a great question. And it'd be very interesting to find out. Um, I, I want to uh, take ex- exception to one thing Carlos said about the NBA. I think the uh, number one seed in the East is huge, and that's really what the whole regular season is played for. And if you look back at the last couple years, uh, last year in particular, I think uh, the Pacers advanced to the finals if they didn't uh, had the two seeds. So I, I disagree completely. Now, with that being said, I don't uh, necessarily <laughs> – think the pace i mean they own their own destiny they they can just win at home these last two games and get it but man i i i actually think the the team that advances to the eastern conference final will be one of someone besides the heat and the pacers but i think that's a a, a huge deal and uh i don't know how you guys so, feel about that so Brian, but, uh, do you think the indiana's going through some troubles right now the last 10 games they have a losing record you think they can pull it together come playoff time I don't know. That's a great question. I would. Uh, I. I really want to know what's going on with Roy. Big boy Roy looks. I saw him this week play, and and he looked thin. He's ex- he's exhausted. So you know, I, it would be great if a guy named Bynum happened to want to show up for a couple of these games. I know they they got him on the bench, and he's rehabbing his knee a little bit. But I don't know. I I, I am puzzled about the way these Pacers have finished the year. And uh, for those of you that saw that, uh, they went to Milwaukee the other night, and uh, and Vogel sat the whole five, never played them all game, and they won a road game. So uh, uh, it goes to show you the depth in the NBA. But uh, I think some of the guys that played in that game ought to play a little bit more. But I, I'm very frustrated. But I watched the Heat game last night, uh, pulled for the Hawks, who looked great uh, Jeff Teague really looked dominant last night in that game, but the Heat, they don't look good either. So, um, boy, I tell you what, uh, it's a long NBA season, and it's very apparent that it wears you down because both of those teams, the Heat and the Pacers, both look like they are exhausted. Now, Brian, looking across the NBA playoff landscape, we can go ahead and just throw out multiple teams who are going to be in the playoffs as far as being relevant and actual contenders for the title. How confident are you that the NBA champion – will come out of the Eastern Conference. Does a team like San Antonio or Oklahoma City pose a threat to anyone from the Eastern? Oh, most definitely. Uh, We'll get to see it firsthand today at 1 o'clock. Oklahoma City comes to uh, Indiana and plays the Pacers, and it's a home game they need to win. But uh, I tell you what, I don't think there's any question that the best teams right now in the NBA are out in the East. I mean, what what has just happened with San Antonio? I mean, they have, uh, what, they win 18 straight? Uh, and they've already got 62 wins. Uh, they're very good. Oklahoma City's very good. Uh, the Clippers are good. Houston has got a, a, a nice team. So I would definitely say, in, in my opinion right now, I, I hope it's not the case, but uh, the West looks much more dominant than the East and much more healthy. Brian, we're all looking forward to the first Saturday in May. We've got the Kentucky Derby festivities starting. It's really starting to be in the air here in the Louisville area. As far as front runners for who's going to be the favorite and some of the horses that we'll see in the Derby, who who can we look forward to at this point, and and who's your pick as of today to win the Derby? Well, that's a great question. I, w- I was on Mike's show yesterday, and you know, uh, I, maybe I'm not that great a handicapper. I need to know who gets in it first before I really dive into it. Yesterday, we had our last two major preps. And just like uh, the the whole Derby season, uh, they were remarkable. Uh, the Bluegrass was won by a horse named um, Dance with Fate, 
who's a synthetic specialist and, and said before the race and said after the race that they may not even go to the Kentucky Derby, and which is one big reason Keeneland has decided to replace their, their uh, synthetic track with a dirt track because the bluegrass has basically become irrelevant as a Kentucky Derby prep. And then a more shocker, a horse named Danza at 41 to 1 won the Arkansas Derby and punched his ticket. Uh, into the uh, Derby. So, you know, California Chrome is going to be, uh, I read this morning where Battaglia, who sets the morning line for the Kentucky Derby, is estimating him to be four to one or five to one. But there's a lot of people, uh, Mike uh, included, who really is not sold on the horse, not sold on the pedigree. I, for one, am. I think he's a fantastic horse and clearly the best looking and the best running horse coming into the race. But uh, we all know that the Derby does not necessarily go to the best horse. When you put 20 horses in a field and they run a mile and a quarter, which they've never done before uh, with 20 horses, it is, it's what makes the Derby so special. Uh, so it is a absolutely wide open Kentucky Derby, but we'll start to see the field take shape now that those two preps, there is one prep left next Saturday uh, the Lexington, it, it offers 10 points. These have been 100-point races, it, and, and the sole reason for that, much as the Derby trial had been used before uh, to get graded earnings, the Lexington next week is going to be for someone that really wants to get into the race and doesn't think they have the points and is willing to uh, come back a week later. Something really interesting happened yesterday uh, in the Bluegrass. Dale, locally-based trainer Dale Romans uh, put his horse medal count who had won the Transylvania on opening day at Keeneland. He wheeled him back with eight days rest and put him in that race solely to try to get the points to go to the Derby. And lo and behold, he finished second, which was 50 points. And Dale, big Dale Romans punched his ticket for the Derby. So medal counts in, but, uh, I think once we start to see these 20 take shape and then there's always going to be some defections uh, derby week and leading up to the derby, there'll be injuries. And uh, But uh, we'll really have a much better idea uh, in the next week as to who runs. And, and that's when I'll dive in and really do my heavy handicapping. Well, Brian, we appreciate, as always, your update on the world of horse racing coming up to the Kentucky Derby. We're against a, a, a break here where we're going to actually have our next guest Keenan Singleton out of Lexington, so we'll get to get some valuable insight about the Kentucky team and who he thinks may be going pro uh, before the start of next season, before the draft. Brian, thank you very much for your call. Have a great rest of your weekend. All right. Now, Todd, are we? do we have Keenan on the line with us now? Okay, we're, we're working on channeling our man Keenan Singleton. Carlo, you've known Keenan for a while. He works in Lexington. He's a sports reporter on the news. Yeah, he is a sports anchor uh, out of Lexington, Kentucky, so he has the inside track on everything going on UK right now. For those of you who don't know, he's the sports anchor on the weekend for WTVQ. It's an ABC affiliated on Channel 36, so who better to ask about what's going on with Kentucky, who's going pro, who's staying, who's leaving, what's up with Cal, who's better to ask than Keenan Singleton? So I'm bringing Lexington right in our own uh, backyard right now to give us those updates, give us some legitimate updates, not just based on our opinion, you know. So he's going to give us some, hopefully some hardcore facts. Hopefully he has up. some insight because it, it seems to me that thus far not many people know. As far as I know, a guy like Marcus Lee, hell, maybe pulling a Daniel Orton. Hell, I'd say Marcus Lee's better than Daniel Orton ever was. Daniel Orton went on and got paid. Does Daniel Orton regret going to the pros? I don't think so. No, I don't think you so. Good question. And it makes you also wonder how a guy like that has been on the bench all season. 
Marcus Lee. Absolutely. And ahead of him is, is Dakari Johnson. Hell, he could be. I mean, there's a very big range of who could be going pro. I think we're both, we're all confident James Young and Julius Randle are gone. I would be very I confident think both in the that. Sure. I, I mean, I think at least seven players are gone from this team. All right. So we got James Young, uh, Julius Randle. The twins. He's saying. The twins, He's saying the twins. I'm saying. Dakari Johnson, not. Willie Cauley Stein. Well, I mean, who better than ask? <clears throat> on the line, we have Lexington's very own weekend sports anchor from WTVQ, ABC affiliate on Channel 36, my man, Keenan Singleton. Keenan, how are you doing this morning? Carlo, I'm doing great, man. How are you doing, buddy? We're doing wonderful. Thank you for joining us this early start, uh, Sunday morning. I know you're busy right now with the Kentucky. Were you at the All Star game at the moment? Yeah, uh, tryouts for the senior boys. Yeah, you know, some of the best boys in the state getting at it, trying out, uh, getting ready to take on the boys from Ohio and Indiana later on in the month. I'm sorry, actually in June. So, yeah, headed up to Georgetown. All right. Now, Keenan, who better to ask than you about this wonderful up-and-down season the Kentucky Wildcats had this year? Do they have anything to be ashamed of losing in the national championship game? Do you think they're able to walk away with their heads held high of what they accomplished this season? Anybody who thinks that they these guys have something to be ashamed of really needs to check themselves. Um, I mean, you wind up being one of the best two teams in the country. I know, you know, there was a lot of talk of 40-0. and 0, There was a lot of talk of being undefeated um, and all that good stuff. But you, you end the season, again, one of the best two teams in the country. You leave, you leave the court with your head high. I know there's a lot of frustration, you know, with Kentucky fans. Everybody wants to have that nice banner, but I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of. Now, the number one question uh, leading to the offseason is who's staying, who's going? What buzz are you hearing uh, being on the inside inside there in Lexington, Kentucky, on, of who may stay and who may go? I'm, I'm hearing a lot of the same things that you're hearing. I mean, obviously, Julius is gone. James is 99% gone. Uh, Willie is also in that high 90s range. Uh, you know, the guys that are kind of on the fence that I'm hearing are Dakari, obviously. A good offensive player, but a little slow defensively, maybe needs a little bit more work. Who knows what he's going to do? I think uh, people are kind of expecting him to maybe maybe stay behind because he doesn't want to be left behind uh, with the rest of his class. The Harrison Twins, whew, I mean, they're, they're checking with their dad at this point. So it's it's up in the air with them. I would say that they should probably come back. But if you know if, if Teague is able to go in the first round, if I'm a Harrison twin, I think hey, I should take my chance as well. I mean, I, from a fan, I hope they do come back. But I, I guess the, another million dollar question is: we saw the, what Rex, what was up with Rex Chapman putting out that mess before the game, causing a distraction <laughs> to, to Big Blue Nation. I thought that was very inappropriate. Um, you know, I mean, Rex seemed to be really, really. <laughs> um, confident behind that tweet that night and then the next day it was a whole well you know this is just what I'm hearing it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen sometimes you know we got to be careful before you hit that send button when it comes to Twitter you really got to think things through especially two hours before the uh before the national title game I mean it really kind of struck me as a you know as an attention getting thing even though he claims that it wasn't um, again, uh, you got to really check yourself before you hit that send button. Keenan, you are in Lexington. You're very in, ingrained in the community among the Big Blue faithful. Rex Chapman was a beloved player. He played for however many years in the NBA and represented the, the Blue Bloods very well. Is he someone who, who's really fallen out of favor among the Kentucky fans? Is Is Rex Chapman... Becoming that guy who's kind of just going to be disowned and, and nobody likes. He's called out the the fans for uh, you know multiple reasons. Maybe not the fans, but people in Lexington for you know his interracial relationships when he was with 
the Wildcats, for them being very critical of it. A couple other things. Is Rex Chapman now, Rex Chapman now the most hated man in Lexington? <laughs> I don't think I'll go that far. I think that's maybe maybe some of the younger fans maybe that don't remember the, remember him, or maybe some of the more diehard fans that are you know bleed blue one hundred percent of the way and don't want to hear any negativity around the program. I think you have to respect what the man did while he was here and respect that he has an opinion and he has his own sources, so he's going to mine those and and try to you know give people the information that he thinks that they deserve but to hate him at this point i think is silly um obviously the dude made a mistake i don't think cal is going to the lakers who would want to go to the lakers at this point unless you know you were drafted in the first round and you had to go but i think at this point i think red still is on good solid ground here i think if he came to rough and he was the y in the kentucky uh at halftime i think he'd still get a lot of shares now if Calipari were to make the jump to the Lakers, I'd describe it as he's trying to play the Greg Popovich lottery and hope and just pray that he gets a franchise player such as Tim Duncan that you can then really make a name for yourself as someone who's going to actually stick around in in the NBA for however long Popovich has now been with the Spurs, known as one of the greatest coaches ever, win multiple titles, uh, you know, go down in history as, as a great coach and an NBA coach. Um, beyond that, if you were to make the jump and then do what Rick Pitino did, you kind of fail, you didn't didn't have a good tenure with the Celtics, and come back, you can always still get a good coach, so it de- a good coaching gig, so it doesn't seem like a bad deal. Is the feeling around Lexington that, that Cal may be looking to take the next step in his career? I mean, I think personally, why go from being a king to being, you know, just a pauper? If if you leave in Kentucky basketball, which is, you know, as much as people might want to hate on Kentucky ball, uh, it's, you know, <laughs> the best gig when it comes to basketball. It's the Alabama football when it comes to basketball. So why would you do that to go to the Lakers, a rebuilding program? Obviously, at this point, Kobe is on the wrong side of 35. Steve Nash is on the wrong side of 40. <laughs> August Hall is just on the wrong side of his career. So I don't think people here in Lexington are really sweating it at this point. I think when it, when you have a coach of the stature of Calipari, you realize that everyone's going to want him. The overtures are going to happen every single year. I don't think anyone's sweating it at this point, at least until it happens. Keenan, is it possible that I know, like you said, that being at Kentucky is like a premier basketball program. Is it possible that he just doesn't want – the pressure or to deal with the extremism with the Kentucky fans that he's gone with the up and downs all year, you know, cause earlier in the season, they were saying, get rid of Cal fire him. He's not a good coach towards the end of the season. They're saying he's the greatest thing ever. Is it possible that he's, <laughs> he's looking for more of a, well, a job that's just a little less labile. And more, he doesn't have more, to deal with the fans that seem to have so much power and control. More of a chill Kentucky. lifestyle, just kind of a relaxed. I mean, that has to seem appealing. Sure. He looked like he was going to have yeah, a heart I attack would. this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with that with that hip replacement, the second hip replacement that he needs, he might he might be looking for a way out when it comes to that. But I don't. I honestly, I don't think so. Cal obviously has a really really big ego, and when you're on the biggest stage at Kentucky, I think that if he you feed the machine, and the machine feeds you. So I don't think Cal is, is looking to leave at all. I think he probably enjoys it a little bit. It makes the job a little bit more fun. You know, out here he likes really having fun with the media, trying to keep, you know, two steps ahead of us when it comes to the tweak and stuff like that. He still hasn't revealed what exactly that was. 
So I don't, I don't really see that being in his future. I honestly think that Kentucky will be his last basketball job as a head coach. Well, I know he enjoyed proving everybody wrong, such as my co-hosts Ashley Danielle and Kelly Patrick. So he proved the entire nation wrong this year. So uh, thumbs up to Calipari. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, hey, you start with 40-0, and 0, and that was a mistake on his part to kind of throw that out there. I know that he kind of prefaced it with, I want to go undefeated at some point in my career. But when you throw out that kind of stuff, you know people are going to really want to eat that up and just really take that home. So he made a misstep on that. But, hey, again, national championship runner-up, you can't be mad at that. Who are some of the prospects that the Cats have coming in next season that you hear the names possibly uh, signing on with the team? Uh, as far as Lyles, the guys that played last night in the Nike Hoop Summit, Lyles and, and uh, Carl, Towns, Carl Towns Jr.? Yeah. Okay, so those guys, you think, uh, who needs to leave for those guys to get a spot? I'm pretty sure a couple guys have to leave. Are these guys guaranteed starting jobs? You know how Calipari, you know, guarantees the freshmen to start right away. So uh, I'm pretty sure <laughs> well, somebody has to leave for those guys to get on the team. Well, I mean, for a starting spot, you know, some things might have to move around. I mean, I think if Dakari stays, I think Dakari obviously is in, in position to get that starting spot. But Carl Towns, He's a little bit more of an athletic five. I mean, he's also a seven-footer, but he's a little quicker afoot, so he might be able to do a little bit more things than Nakari is on the defensive end. He's a, he might even be more, a little bit more polished offensively, at least from stepping out and being able to hit that 15-footer. Dakari is more of a true low-post, back-to-the-basket kind of player. Uh, Towns, I'm sorry, um, Trey Lyles, I mean, now with the four position kind of opened up, uh, Randall won't be there. Who knows what Poitras is going to do? I mean, it looks like he needs another year, but he might not want to be left behind either. Uh, point guard position, if the Harrison Twins leave, I mean, obviously, Ulysses would be in, in position to really kind of run that team. And he's more of a pure point guard anyway, really able to get that offense going. You know, Cal wants to get up and down the court, and he seems to be that kind of prospect that would really fit into what he's trying to do. Now, Kenan, are you going to be here this week for the uh, Kentucky Derby Festival Classic? Um, hey man, I'm the weekend anchor, baby. I got to be down nah, here in Lexington, okay. holding it down for my for my solid blue fans out here in uh, in Lexington. So I won't be able to make it out there. I really wish I could because I really want to get a, a look at some of those hats. Uh, before we let you go, tell everybody how they can hear you. Give your Twitter, uh, throw out your Twitter name so uh, fans can uh, can follow you. I appreciate that, my man. Yeah, I'm at uh, KJM Singleton. That's K J as in Jane, M as in Mary Singleton. I'm out here, like I said, trying to hold it down for, for Lexington and Kentucky fans in general when it comes, you know, not only to Kentucky basketball, but football, baseball. I mean, we really try to do a great job out here. We're, we're a smaller station, but we really feel like we can hold up with anybody out there. So definitely check us out. Check me out, my man Alex Rising at alexrising.com, wtvq.com. Hit us up. All right, man. I look forward to seeing you May 9th at Bluegrass Brawl, Heritage Hall. I know you'll be there, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, bluegrass brawl, man. Hey, MMA, that stuff is crazy. I'm a new convert to it, but it's 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 nuts. It's entertaining. I mean, you get some hits. You get you definitely can get some knockouts. So if you get a chance to come down to Rupp, it's not just a basketball arena. It's, it's really holding it down. Bluegrass brawl is definitely a situation you need to be a part of. All right, brother, we appreciate your insight, man. I look forward to seeing you then. Have a great rest, rest of your weekend. Hey, Carlo, appreciate the call, man. Y'all have a good one. All right. Once again, Keenan Singleton from WTVQ out of Lexington. He's a sports anchor. Uh, great insight of what's going on in Big, Big Blue Nation, man. So, good info. A lot of stuff still up in the air. Sounds like Cal will stick around, probably. 
Maybe. Harrison Twins, we don't know. Willie Cauley Stein, probably gone. A lot of question marks. For Ashley's out there. sake, she better hope everybody's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, Carlo, and I will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. Welcome back to your weekend sports buzz. We've got a full house today, as usual. We're joined back in the studio by the lovely Ashley Danielle. Worked out our contractual differences <laughs> from last week. We got the most popular segment in the city of Louisville, either on TV or radio. Ashley's Loco Cinco will be coming up, as usual, right at about the 11 o'clock hour. I want to bring up something, Kelly. Um, Ashley, I want to let our, all of our millions of listeners out there that Ashley has already violated her contract this morning. <laughs> How has she done that? Let, let me read from her contract. Please do, Todd. Part of this contract, the lovely Miss Ashley Danielle shall, <laughs> shall facilitate the callers that call in from the second break, and she shall be polite, introduce all the <laughs> hosts, and she shall introduce no other than our one of our most fabulous guests that we have. Carolina Steve. She's broken her contractual agreement today already, and I'm, I will be contacting her lawyer next week. <laughs> <laughs> On the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, which is 384-1450, Right now we have our man Carolina Steve on the line with us. It's mas- it's Sunday, uh, day of Masters. Carolina, how you doing this morning? Just fine. I uh, last night I watched thun- switch back and forth between Thunder and the Southern Five Hundred. Southern Five Hundred means very much to me. It was the first NASCAR race I ever saw in person at Darlington. And I hitchhiked from the University of South Carolina to watch it. Wow. So that's why I like that so much. Great race last night. Happy Harvick holds them off and wins the race. Jimmy Johnson is still not won a race in NASCAR. Neither has Matt Kenseth, and they were the two uh, best last year. So this new uh, system is working good. Wow. What do, you, what do you think of the final round of the Masters today? Do you think... Uh, the young guy will be able to break Tiger Woods' record, or is that if he does, is that significant? Is that someone who's going to be born into a superstar immediately? Well, he's going against my favorite golfer, Kelly Bubba Watson. So he, I am a Bubba Watson fan. I've been a fan. There's a little school down in Florida where he comes from that produced three professional golfers who have won on the tour. And they were uh, Blue Weekly, Heath Slocum, and Bubba. And that is something else when you have Bubba and Boo together. <laughs> that is. Hell, hell of a, a combo as far as names. And let's not forget, Bubba Watson's right in the mix of things. He very well may come out with the green jacket at the end of today's final round. I mean, there's a lot still to be played out today. I want to ask you a question, Caroline, while we got you on here. How come golfers come from the South 
Why don't we ever see anybody from Minnesota, Minnesota, or from Canada? Is it because they don't have grass? Well, the, one of the reasons is because of the mild winters we have in the South. I know North Carolina is a big state for golfers. We have uh, several uh, top-ranked courses. We have some great golfers who have come from there. Our colleges down there are just top-notch. Duke University, I think, for a while, this is with the females, had like uh, four or five in a row national champions with the women. And uh, if you if you notice, some of the greats played in North Carolina. Uh, Arnold Palmer played at Wake Forest University. Lee Trevino. Uh, Raymond Floyd played at Carolina. Bobby Jones. Davis Love at Carolina. Ben Hogan. All ben from Hogan's from Texas. I'm sure. Well, it's, it's at last, I think Texas is in the South, is it? Or is it not? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. It's good, but uh, let me tell you one reason I'm picking Bubba to win today. Let's hear it. Every 11 years, whoever wins Riviera wins the Masters. Every 11 years. Wow. And, and guess who won this year, and it's the 11th? Tiger. Bubba. Well, I want to ask you something. Why, what is the significance of that? Every 11 years, so has that been going on for 11 years or 22 years or 33 years or 44 77. years? 77. It's going on for 47 years. Wow. 44. 44 years. Yeah, I uh, anytime I watch uh, the shows on the Masters, the Masters trivia, I, I try to pick it up and remember it. Uh, with the guy. Now, Spieth, if he wins, would be the second person ever to win it in his first try. Who was the first one? Jack and Nich- y'all should know this. Is it Jack Nicholas? No. Okay. Who is Who is it, Carolina? The- somebody from around here. Fuzzy? It's Fuzzy. Wow, I did not know that. So he'd That's be a r- rare... Rare territory. He would be with with Fuzzy. According to Vegas right now, the favorite at eleven to four odds is Carolina. Your pick, Bubba Watson. The other favorites right now, obviously Jordan Spieth in the lead at seven to two odds, and Matt Kuchar at four to one odds. Do you think that that fans of sports in general right now care about the Masters today, or is the fact that Tiger Woods isn't even involved in it does that turn a lot of people off, Carolina? That turns a lot of people off, but it doesn't me. I just happened to have been able to go for three years with my father to Augusta on Mondays. We went down. Used to, you could go for the practice round, pay $10, and walk right in and follow the golfers around and everything. And that was that was the good old days right there. And I have pictures here of Tiger, John Daly, and Fuzzy Zeller on the putting ring. Wow. Carolina, uh, we appreciate you calling in. I want to encourage our listeners, give us a call, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. We want to hear what you say. How many Kentucky players are going to go pro? What do you think of the Masters? We're going to head back to the Buzz Line now. We have the truth. How are you doing this morning, Truth? Truth, how are you doing, man?
while we're waiting on... No, oh, there we go. The truth. Is he there? I'm going to say, while we're waiting on him, what's your number for how many players are going pro off this team? Harlow. Seven. You're saying seven? Yes. I was writing them down here, so that would include James Young, Julius Randle, both Harrison twins, that's four. Willie Cauley-Stein. Five. Five. Then Dakari I guess Johnson. you're going to say Dakari Johnson. Yep. Six. And, and Lee. Then, and Marcus Lee. Yeah. I wouldn't blame any of them for going. Get a paycheck, get paid. True that's, what, that's what they came to Kentucky for. No offense. I'm not r- knocking it. There's nothing wrong got, with it. No, yeah. there isn't. That's yeah. how It's within the rules. I mean, they, they got a, a rotating door. But they you know got what? another that's class. Carl Towns from the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Keenan mentions him. Yeah, he's coming in. He's a very talented big guy. He's they a make for him. He's got to play. He's not yeah. coming here to ride the bench. What the hell are they going to do if Willie Colley Stein sticks around and Dakari Johnson and Marcus Lee? They're, that's four centers who are going to end up in the NBA. Do you have room for four centers on your roster that are all NBA players? Nah, it's time to uh, reload, man. They've got to go. So I think I may agree with you. Cavs going to reload the shotgun, come back stronger than ever next year. Ashley, what's your number? How many do you think is going pro? I th- I think you're right with seven. I would what? hope. I know. Write that down that I said that. Um, I'm hoping only four, though, because I don't think the others are ready. On the line, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Truth. How you doing, Truth? It's been a long time, man. You don't love us anymore? So what? You don't love us anymore, man? You haven't called in in a while. But uh, I'm so glad you Kentucky Wildcats fans didn't win a national championship. Y'all say it. Uh, not at all, man. We those boys, those kids can walk away with their heads held high, man. Nobody expected them to be there. That's an accomplishment. What about James Blackman Jr.? <laughs> what about him, Truth? He's the best shooting guard in the country, and probably going to be the best is, shooting guard since Steve. Yeah. Is this from a team that didn't make the make it to the tournament? Didn't even make the NIT. Is that? Yeah, is this IU? IU? And I, if I'm not mistaken, Truth, you picked IU to win it all at the beginning of the year. I do that every year. Oh, okay. What else you got? <laughs> Truth, do you have any interest in the Masters today? Guys like Bubba Watson, Jordan Spieth. Does that get Truth excited on the final round of the Masters on a Sunday? I think Truth may have taken offense to some of our comments there. We did call him out. Indiana had a bad season. Yeah, they didn't make it to the tournament. Yeah, t- Truth was wrong. He said he said they're going to win it in football and basketball this Todd, is that season. right? Did Truth just hang up on us? Truth is mad at us. <laughs> oh, you know what? He's I, mad at you all. I, I would be anything. mad, too. If, you know, if, if my team, IU, did, if I predicted them to win the championship and they didn't even make it to the tournament, or the NIT, yeah. Yeah, he, I would be mad, too. Our bumper music this uh, morning is uh, contractually. Uh, we are uh, obligating our contract for Miss Ashley Danielle. She requested this to be played. It's called Rod Stewart, Do You Think I'm Sexy? So she asked for the song. We, Kelly Patrick, are fulfilling. fulfilling our contract. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I hate to change the topic and change the song, but I have to. We're going to head to a break first, Todd. We're going to head to a break. On the other end, we have the hottest segment in television or radio in the whole state of Kentucky or Indiana. We have what's called Ashley's Loco Cinco, where our very own Ashley Danielle breaks down the five craziest stories in the world of sports or in the TMZ gossip column. Carlo, Ashley, and I will be right back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick, alongside Carlo Kellum, Todd Neal running the board. Also joined in studio, as always, by the lovely Ashley Danielle. We have the most popular segment in the whole region, Ashley's Loco Cinco, or as some also call it, Ashley's Crazy. You didn't do it right. <laughs> or as some also refer to it, Ashley's Crazy. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, we have a caller that, that does that. And last week, I want to say on behalf of the entire guys that we really missed the segment last week. Don't include me in that. We had. Oh, my gosh. Well, let me tell you, Carlo, you all, you guys were in there talking. I'm but sorry, I, I, answered, on this one. I answered several, I'm so if not many, if not thousands of phone calls wondering where. Ashley was last week. Oh, and I'm so sorry. I know it was contract negotiations, but we are doing everything to accommodate you. Today. <laughs> I and looked, you this better be good. That's all I'm saying. I, <laughs> setting the bar high. I watch the news each week. Regular news, sports news, ticker tape at the bottom of ESPN. And I watch it and I think, oh, that's a good story. That could be on Ashley's Loco Cinco. And then I start getting a little anxiety and I'm thinking, oh, my God, is it going to be on? Is it not? Is it worthy? And then last year, I just or last week, I just had this void. I didn't get to. I had so many unanswered questions. So, with no further ado, let's hear Ashley's crazy. Well, here's my top five. So, first story: one of the Cincinnati Bengals fullbacks has apparently had some issues on this side of the river. Uh, fullback Orson Charles has currently pled not guilty in his crazy road race road rage case in which he was accused of pulling out a firearm in the middle of a busy Kentucky interstate. Uh, Charles appeared in a Kentucky courtroom on Friday afternoon where he faced the charge of wanton endangerment for allegedly cutting off another driver and then waving around a semi-automatic handgun on an evening late in March. Apparently cops responded to the scene of the incident where they searched his car and they found a silver and black Smith & Wesson inside of a purse in the back of the car. Um, the 23-year-old apparently was driving a 2004 Nissan Murano, which I also think is interesting. Um, but he spent the night in jail. If he's convicted, he will face up to five years in prison. So, Carlo, I know sometimes you can be a Grinch, like Kelly said earlier. Um, don't often like people. can be in a bad mood. Would you ever do something like that? On the highway, pull your gun out. No, I don't believe in road rage. Once when I was in high school, uh, I don't know, what's the guy's name? KD, he's a rapper. I was riding home KD? with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were riding home from school one day. Actually, I think it was for graduation rehearsals. And we got smart with some guy in the car, and he got out of his car with his crowbar. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like I'm sitting on an atomic bomb. Uh, waiting. Uh, nah, I don't, nah, you never know what people are, are capable of nowadays. I remember several years back, some guy on Broadway said something to some kids uh, with a bit of road rage, and they shot him. So. Yeah, so you never yeah. know what people have in the car. I got a question, Ashley. What, does it say what kind of weapon he had? He had a Smith & Wesson. They said it was silver and black. Okay. I was going to say if it's an AK and he's in a Nissan, <laughs> that does not fit out. With with the, with the S, S&W, okay, I can see that, but not, not an AK and a Nissan. I have a Smith & Wesson. It's not a gun. That's a knife. It continues the run of my favorite team, the Bengals, just having players arrested all the time. So not surprising that a player... Has a gun on him. A lot of athletes do carry guns. Admittedly, um, that's yeah. He's hunting. Yeah, it's deer season, right? No, within the no, culture that not. that's you know people do get in Northern Kentucky. Maybe. Get their 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 jewelry. Um, they get they get jacked, held up at gunpoint. Happens often. It does. You know what? If I if I was making millions of dollars like that, I would be. 
I would have a ranch with some I, horses. I would say that at first you probably would not be in a 2004 Nissan. No, yeah. I would. You know, I I would stay in a, in a in a raggedy hoopy car like I do now. Uh, with ten thousand dollars, we'd be millionaires. I'd have me like a ranch somewhere. <laughs> I'd just be quiet, man. I, I would live like a country boy. Seriously, man. I wouldn't be. You know, I, I never got into jewelry and that stuff anyway. Maybe you should move to Texas yeah. and live in the wild wild west. Uh, nah. I, I, my goal is to retire in Maine when I get old. Maine? And, you should and, just and, go to Berea. And do ice fishing for the rest of my life. That's, go to that's, Berea. That's, that's, <laughs> that's unsexy. <laughs> All right. Story number two. Story number two. About, back to Carlo and your fraternity brother. Apparently, a, race, a rape kit has been officially administered on the woman at the heart of the... Is his name Colin or Colin? It's Colin. Colin Kaepernick Kaepernick. investigation, according to Miami Police Department. Uh, cops were apparently summoned to the hospital where the woman wound up after allegedly hanging out with Colin and two other Colin, Colin, Colin. I want to say Colin. I'm a nurse. Okay. (laughs) With Colin and, uh, two other NFL players at an, at an apartment in the Viceroy hotel in Miami on April 1st. Uh, the woman told the police that she smoked pot in the apartment. Then she hooked up with Colin and even got undressed. She remembers that. It says then she blacked out and woke up in a hospital bed. Cops spoke with the woman at the hospital. Like we said, the rape kit was administered. None, none of the rape kit results have been released at this point. Apparently, the investigation is sexual in nature. Um, they've listed him as a suspect, um, but they have not concluded he's committed any crime. So the investigation's ongoing. My question is, did he not follow the Darren Sharper well, stuff? Like, right. yeah. why not, would he even put himself in this position? It's not like the good old days and the Wilt days. You just can't just go slinging around like that anymore, man. You know, you got to be, you know, very cautious of who you associate, what type of women you associate as far as we associate know, yourself with. As far as we know, yeah. all of Wilt Chamberlain's 10,000. Th- they never said once that he sexually yeah. uh, molested so, them. So this sounds yeah. like pretty shady. If she smoked marijuana and then she, next thing she remembers, she wakes up. And she's sounds in like hospital it, bed. Sounds like it may be a Darren Sharper type deal. She admitted to consensually having sex with Colin Kaepernick, right? It sounds like it. Cause she yeah, said, it may have been some good stuff. You never know. Maybe some good stuff where you just black out. Yeah, so apparently that. in her case. Yeah. Apparently, it sounds like it was laced with something. It sounds like it something bad like went down. that or she's making. lying. One of the two. Could be that she's lying. Well, they did run toxicology. I saw that in another story. They ran toxicology reports and everything on her. None of that's been released. So it would be very interesting to see that entire process. Relations with that woman. Regardless, not good publicity for Colin Kaepernick, who's become one of the faces of the NFL and certainly a leader on his... 49ers team who, yeah. I mean, they may make the Super Bowl next but year. But one thing that we, we saw with Kobe, winning cures everything. Come in next year, wins the Super Bowl, we'll forget all about it. By all means, especially if these True. charges go away and nothing comes from it. Story Jeez. number three. Story number three, your boy, Sean Merriman. I hate Sean Merriman. <laughs> apparently is hammering out a contract with the WWE, and it's not just for his announcing skills. Uh, Merriman made his WWE debut during WrestleMania 30 during the pre-show as an, an as an analyst and apparently was pretty impressive. So now the two sides are working towards finalizing agreement. Um, Merriman is supposedly training at the WWE Performance Center in Florida and depending on his progress could get a chance to wrestle other developmental talent on their next uh, WWE Network show. Well, it's about time. <laughs> Well, I have a very personal story with Sean Merriman. I don't like him at all. I think he's a jerk. Uh, I had a chance of meeting him a couple of derbies ago, and he was just being a jerk, man. He was just really an a-hole. Not a, not a nice person. So I, I don't have nice things to say about him. I hope he's listening right now. Mm. Well, he seems to have the build, and, you know, he's a very muscular guy, marketable, has a, a recognizable face. 
which helps as far as being a WWE star. So I can see it, and that's where the money's at. He's not playing football anymore. He's got to make money somehow. More power to him for Is going to the way to do it. He'll get away with taking whatever he needs to take to stay fit. So, you know, hey. Well, he was busted for yeah. steroids in that's the NFL. Right. He's in the right business, right? He's in the right business. I mean, look no further than Helwig passing away. I mean, they, that, well, they do yeah. that. I met him. I met him at Derby, and I, and I was with my sister this Derby. Actually, I took her with me. It was the Oaks, actually. And we, she was like, hey, that she recognized. That's Sean Merriman. Um, can I take a picture with you? He's like, I'm not Sean Merriman. That was his whole thing. He was like, I don't, I don't know who Sean Merriman is. So basically, he was insulting my intelligence of saying who he wasn't. He was just being a jerk. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. That's no good. Story number four. Story number four. Apparently, um, the Mets right fielder Curtis Granderson doesn't like to be touched. Um, and he conveyed that very well to a fan who reached over the railing and touched him during the eighth inning of the eighth inning of the Mets five four eleven inning loss to the Angels on Friday night. So Granderson said the guy touched him, reached over the railing, and he turned around and looked at him. He said the guy told him, "I didn't mean to touch you," and he turned around the fan and said, "Hey, just don't touch me." And that was it. So don't get to touch me. <laughs> he said. He told the fans, say whatever you want to say. Boo, cheer, clap for your team. Clap for the other team. Just don't touch the players. Uh, Apparently, security personnel escorted the fan out of the ballpark shortly after the incident. Um, He is basically saying he told the guy not to touch him. It was a big fiasco that he turned around and kind of barked at the fan. Uh, the first thing, the security asked him, like, was you okay? Are you okay? Did anything happen? Basically, Granderson is saying you never know what's going to happen. That's fair. I have no problem at all with that. You should have punched the fan. <laughs> Seriously. In pro wrestling, you, if you step over that barricade, it's fair game. Why would anybody want to touch a girl's butt? I'm, I'm all in favor for fans. When they step out of that, out of that, that, that cross that line, they need to get punched. Yeah, I have no problem with a fan who runs out on the football field getting speared by players or refs or security. I, if you're the fan, I don't know exactly the, the context of why he touched him. He was I going am, for a fly ball, and yeah, okay. he basically okay, the he fan just for... reached down and touched him. It wasn't like he was going to catch the ball or anything like that. He just touched the guy on the shoulder. Well, I can understand. Granderson's out there. He's got his game face on. You know, you're serious out mm-hmm. there. That's his job. Yep. That's his work. That's his livelihood. And you got your <laughs> game face on, and someone just randomly – I can see that pissing me off, and I don't take – I don't think any less of Curtis Granderson for it. And Carlos says he should have punched him. Yeah, he should have punched him. Yeah. I mean, he, he wouldn't have been a good idea to punch him, but I'm okay with it. Number five. Number five. Apparently a trying season for Tampa Bay Lightning forward Ryan Malone got even worse on Saturday morning as the 34-year-old was arrested on charges of driving under the influence and cocaine possession. Apparently, the uh, according to the Tampa Bay Times, the arrest occurred at 540 in the morning. Uh, nobody is sure at this point how much it will affect his uh, NHL playoff status, but their general manager issued a statement saying they're aware of the situation. Uh, Ryan cannot travel with the team to Washington. They were leaving for a game yesterday, um, and they couldn't comment further. Commissioner of the NHL basically was saying that he was going to be under investigation. and uh, oh, <laughs> He was going to be under investigation, and that could determine not only his playoff, uh, status, but his future status in the NHL. So, arrested, driving under influence, and cocaine possession at 34. Wow. So I know Kelly, you know something you get, you know, get up, take I, up for these guys when they're younger, 19, 20, 21, dealing with this stupid stuff. But 
When you're 34? When you're 34, is there no excuse? I'm a little less uh, apt to be forgiving for a 34-year-old who's busted DUI, possession of cocaine. Yeah, it's still sad, and I don't think that makes him the worst guy in the world. I don't. A lot, no. of, a lot of good people have substance issues, and I don't Should he take your place as the resident thug? If he were here, Ryan Malone would have more street cred than me, and I'm sure he could kick my ass. <laughs> As it probably, probably N- every NHL player out there could probably, mm-hmm. um, but wow, that that that's a that's a hardcore story. Cocaine possession, not just a, a couple at beers. The, what are you doing at five in the morning when you're, you're leaving for? There's a lesson day. here for all of us. There's a lesson here. <laughs> he's high on cocaine, is what he's doing. High at five on cocaine at five in the morning when you're leaving the next day for a hockey game. Well, good Ashley's loco cinco. I gotta say, my vote goes to. Gosh, what's a quick recap, Ashley? Quick recap: We have Cincinnati Bengals player with road rage Orson and the gun. Yep. We've got Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, Sean Merriman. We've got um, Curtis Granderson saying "fan don't touch me" and Ryan Malone with cocaine. Just for the sensationalism of it, I'm going to vote for Ryan Malone and possession of cocaine. I guess that'll make things more interesting for you now. I hope he fails miserably in WWE. So you want to see him get his butt kicked in the I WWE? Do. I really do. Well, we'll see. Good stuff there. Thank you very much. It's good to have Ashley's Loco Cinco back with us. Todd, do we have a, a caller on the line? No, we did, we had someone call in. Um, want to remind our listeners, 502-384-1450. My question of the day is how many players will go to the NBA declare that they're leaving early from this Kentucky Wildcats team? I think Carlo, Ashley, and I, for once, are all in agreement. That seven is a healthy number. That we'll have James Young, Julius Randle, both Harrisons, Willie Cauley-Stein, Dakari Johnson, and Marcus Lee all leaving early to make room for this, once again, very heralded incoming freshman class led by the guys like Carl Towns, uh, Trey Lyles, very talented players. Today is Sunday, and it's the final round of the Masters. We have two favorites who may be on the verge of taking... Um, the next step into superstardom. And you got to say Bubba Watson had the better name recognition before the Masters started. So if Bubba Watson is able to win the Masters today, according to Vegas, he is the favorite. Is he marketable enough? I know he's got a cool name. Everybody likes his name. So a lot of people seem to like him. Carolina loves him. Todd likes him. Is Bubba Watson going to be the next face of golf? Possible. You Who know knows? what? Hopefully, the, maybe the last three or four minutes of the show isn't somebody coming back uh, after our show. The yeah, ret- we're having. The, the, you're right. The return we're, of the the golf experts. The, those weekend golf maybe, guys. You're maybe right. maybe we can get him in here in the last five minutes to give his take on who's going to win. John, if you're listening, and I hope he is, and you can make it in, please come in, talk to us about the Masters. I want to hear is Bubba Watson. I don't want to hear about the technical aspects of his game. I don't know if he's left-handed or right-handed. Um. I know he's from some small uh, college in Florida that's produced a few big-time uh, golfers. I want to know, is is Bubba Watson ready to take that next step? Is he going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated? I'm sure he will if he wins the Masters. He has a name for it, Bubba Watson. He's and got will, the name. will people discredit his victory because Tiger wasn't there? I don't think so, because Tiger, he's not, I mean, Tiger hasn't won a, a major since, what, 05, 06? No, no. He, he hasn't won he, the Masters since 05. The Masters, 05. yeah. He's, he won something in the last year, didn't he? Not, 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 a, not a major. Or maybe two years. Yeah. He, he, he's still number one, 
Over the past year, he's won, I think, four or five events. I think it's five. So he's winning. But he hasn't won a major in how long? It's been at least seven years, right? It's, it's been, been a, a while. Long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Tiger is, is certainly on a drought when it comes to the way that he's ultimately going to be evaluated historically, which is he's sitting on 13 majors. He's had a, back surgery's no joke. It's gonna, how's that going to affect it's, his uh, swing? It's Tiger. <laughs> how's it going to affect his swing <laughs> coming Todd, back? Todd, I like that. I like that drop. I mean, back surgery is very serious. How's it going to how's, how's that gonna affect his swing? Back, your back is a big part of golf. Oh, my God. Your back is a big part of everything. I fortune knock on wood. I haven't had a bunch of back pain over my life, but I've had some back, very minimal back issues, and anything really messes with. Even if you sit in an office all day, let alone swing a golf club for a living and have to endure the the rigors of the PGA Tour. So Tiger clearly is on a big drought, although he's still ranked number one. Five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty is Bubba Watson marketable enough to be that next big star? Should I go over? What Bubba? does he look like? I'll show you. Let's look him up. <laughs> You're going to love this. No. Goofy hair. Do you think that in itself means that he's not? Because I think a lot of marketability market ab- looks. Your, your answer to my question, that's what I'm looking for. I don't want to know the technical aspects. From the resident of, model of the weekend sports buzz. <laughs> yeah. He is not pageant worthy. He's not. And then you think about different types of endorsements. Um that stuff matters. What about if he went with like maybe some corn rolls or something like that? Maybe he needs. Maybe no. he needs to mix things up. I think he plays cornhole. <laughs> he play, I believe he. Play. Right. Um, he was born in Baghdad, Florida. He's thirty-five years old. No spring chicken. Six foot three, hundred eighty pounds. Um, Excuse me. How old are you, Mister Patrick? I'm thirty years old. You're no spring chicken either. I'm not claiming to be. Okay. I'm no spring chicken. <laughs> just just but, looking at you being the youngest of the bunch or one of the younger ones. Of the bunch. When's your birthday, Kelly? August 21st. Same as Will I'm Chamberlain. The, I'm officially the youngest by four months. Oh, yeah? Wow. That'll be 31 in The in whip behind the ears. Dun, dun, dun. I have the same birthday as Usain Bolt and Wilt Chamberlain. Greatness. Don't, I have the same birthday as Britney Spears. But you're not as tall as either of them. I'm not as tall as either of them. But yeah, I'm I just about as fast as Usain Bolt. Just about? Just about. That's awesome. I heard your mom is quite an athlete. Yeah, my mom's a workout fiend. That's what I heard. She motivates me to be running. I ran uh, three times with my mom this week. I heard she's very fit. I mean, uh, she's very fit. Come from a uh, some great genes, I heard. <laughs> We're going to head to a break here. Todd, Carlo, Ashley, and myself will be back with more of the weekend sports bug.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Carlo Kellen. Ashley Danielle coming back at you as we do every Sunday from 10 till noon, talking about all things in the world of sports. What we've talked about today has been which Kentucky Wildcats players will make the jump and forego their remaining years of eligibility to play in the NBA. We've also talked a lot about the Masters. Um, maybe not so much from a technical aspect, but what I'm concerned with on the Masters and what I want to know, I want our listeners to chime in on, 502-384-1450, is, is there a star that's going to that's gonna take the place or even come close to taking the place of Tiger Woods going forward? Bubba Watson is a name, 35-year-old. According to Vegas, he's the odds-on favorite to win the, the Masters this year. He's tied for the lead uh, on this Masters uh, Sunday final round. Um, we don't think Ashley, our resident model, does mm-hmm. not think Bubba Watson has the look or the marketability factor. I think he needs a makeover. So I, I think it's something about his hair that's really bothering me. What else would you do, Ashley? Well, let me. I'm looking at his picture. Yeah. Uh, I think he needs a good facial. Heels. What's a facial? A facial. It's uh, sometimes you do microdermabrasion where they basically remove the dead skin cells that are on the surface. So you you see dead dead face. dead cells on his face. Um, I think he probably spends a lot of time outside in the sun, so he could use some good skin treatments. Hilarious. Um, and I think the hair is a huge thing. I think they need to find a, a haircut that is more flattering for his facial features but when you have guys like todd neal and 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 carolina steve saying they like bubba watson they don't want to see some pretty boy who just got a facial they want to see bubba they want to see bubba with this crazy hair sticking out of his his uh visor and looking kind of goofy that's that's the image he's going for why not embrace it ashley why not just run with it? well i think that some people will embrace it i think some um Rednecks? Well, no, just some, (laughs) you know, businesses, places that may be interested in uh, endorsement deals and those types of things are not wanting that image uh, for their product. So I think it's an interesting situation. I think the reason why Tiger Woods was so successful, besides the fact that he's a heck of a golf player, um, he's attractive. He has a great smile. People were interested in seeing him because he looked good. He was a good package. That does so help. It does. It definitely helps. And in terms of um, making money off of the green, that, that's what it it's all about. Lot. Marketability. Absolutely. That's what it comes down to. I want to encourage our listeners. Give us a call. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line 502-384-1450. I have two questions for you. First is simple. How many guys are leaving off this Kentucky squad? We all agree here. Looks like seven will leave. Second... Is Bubba Watson the next face of golf? On the buzz line now, we have our man, Rashawn Myers. How are you doing this morning, Rashawn? Hey, everyone. How are y'all doing this morning? I'm doing well. Good, Good morning, morning, Rashawn. Glad to have you join us what's this morning. What's going on? Hey, I, I just wanted to... Hey, what's going on, Carlo? I, I just wanted to call in. I actually kind of piggybacking on what you all were talking about, asking about, you know, the Kentucky kids, uh, how many guys are leaving, um, of course, you all know the uh, the Nike Hoop Summit was last night. I got to check that out and see kind of the, the next generation of Kentucky big men, uh, Carl Towns Jr., uh, as well as Trey Lyles playing in that game last night. So uh, I just kind of uh, called in to get my thoughts. Of course, I'm going to be broadcasting with the crew from Live Sportscaster. Um, we're going to be broadcasting the Derby Classic this week. So, um, you know, just kind of giving my thoughts on that. But, 
Um, as far as the Kentucky kids, um, I think that they'll probably lose six. Uh, you know, I think there's a possibility they could lose seven. Um, I know that Kelly said something about it being maybe Marcus Lee leaving, but from what I understand, if anybody is going to leave, it probably wouldn't be Lee as the seventh guy. It would probably be Alex Poitras. So he's a guy who was a top 20 would have probably gone in the top 20 last year had he come out. Of course, his stock dropped way down uh, this year because he just wasn't getting playing time. It wasn't very uh, productive, but uh, he had a great tournament run, had some big plays, um, and now it's looking like he may have moved back up into the uh, early second round. Um, so I heard that's a possibility. Um, but I do think Kentucky will probably lose at least six. Uh, I do think that all five starting freshmen will probably go as well as Willie Cauley-Stein, but the biggest question mark will be Alex Poitras. Yeah, you're right, uh, Rashawn. I actually was going off the top of my head, and I, I, I left Alex Poitras off the list. He certainly seems more NBA-ready, I would say, than a, a Marcus Lee, who only played a very minimal number of minutes this year. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that Lee is a kid that, with his athleticism, what I saw of him, and then kind of what I saw in the Hoop Summit last night, I do want to say I love Carl Towns. Uh, he's a true, legit seven-footer. He's very long. Um, he's pretty good uh, as far as defending and being a rim protector, kind of uh, in, in the mold of some of the other guys like Anthony Davis and Nerlens Noel in Kentucky. Uh, doesn't move his feet necessarily as well. Um, I think that Cal may have to back off. You know, this year they played that defense where they were pretty much switching everything, letting their big guys guard on the perimeter. I don't know if you can do that with Trey Lyles and Carl Towns, but both guys are super skilled. Uh, Trey Lyles is a very good player, but I do think Marcus Lee would be the starter next year with Carl Towns if Dakari Johnson does decide to go. But that being said, I think Kentucky offensively is going to be a lot better uh, next year, they got a lot of guys who are smart, intelligent basketball players. They can shoot, they can pass, they can handle. Um, so it'll be a different type of team for Kentucky because they're just used to being so physically dominant over their opponents. I don't think that'll be the situation this upcoming season. But that being said, they'll be a much better offensive team. Now, Rashawn, I know for the second year you're going to be doing the broadcast of the Kentucky Derby Classic. Um, what are you looking forward yeah, to from this game? Yeah, the Night of the Future Stars. I was fortunate well, I, to be I able to do what, it uh, last year. What yeah, players well, I tell you what, are, are uh, of course, Mike uh, Gandolfo, uh, you know, he, he handles all that, and he put it together. And I, he, he did me a favor because I want to say 80% of the guys that are in the Derby Classic this year are Louisville recruited. <laughs> so even if they didn't commit to Louisville, I followed guys because, you know, Coach Patino was kind of hot and heavy on those guys. So, um, I cannot wait to get out there. Of course, Quentin Snyder uh, will be in town as well as uh, Jalen Johnson uh, and uh, uh, Chanel Anuaku, uh, the other big man for Louisville. So I get to evaluate those guys. Unfortunately, Shaquan Aaron will be playing the same night um, in the Jordan Brand Classic. So I won't be able to see him live, uh, but I will be able to check out that game. But it's always a great event. The Derby Classic always brings a lot of the top players uh, in the country in this game. Mike Gandalfa does a great job of putting those guys together. Um, so the opportunity to evaluate those guys as well as a lot of the Indiana freshmen, um, it's going to be a great time. We're going to be out at Floyd Central High School broadcasting the Night of Future Stars Thursday night starting at 7 o'clock. Um, if you can't get there live, uh, livesportscaster.com will have all the action. Um, last year we had guys like Tyler Ennis, 
uh, and, and others a part of that event. And, you know, th- these are some of the kids that will be stars at the next level, uh, you know, on their collegiate teams. Uh, as I said, Gandalf bring, does a good job of bringing in guys that are going to be difference makers. I know Good Luck Okanobo uh, is a guy who go- who's going uh, to Indiana, a very good shot blocker. Reminds me a lot, actually, of Nerlens Noel, his teammate uh, in AAU. Uh, so ma- make sure everybody gets out there. Of course, the game will be Freedom Hall Friday night at 7 o'clock. Um, it's a very inexpensive ticket, uh, and it's going to be fun for everybody. The kids get to come out there. They get to meet the players at the Night of the Future Stars. They sign autographs. And then, of course, they put on a big-time show on Friday night as well. Well, Rashad, I can't wait. You know I'll be there uh, doing photos for the, the whole weekend. So I'll get some good shots of you uh, doing your thing while you're there. Well, I do appreciate that, sir. And, and I've already let you know that our own Tyler Bloyd of KentuckySports.com last year, he got videotapes of me trying to dunk a basketball after the event and stuck them on YouTube because I was not in the best of shape. I'm letting Tyler know right now. I'm back in shape, I'm ready to go, and I'm going to throw down one for the camera so everybody uh, come out and, and watch me. Uh, uh, we'll make, make sure I get a picture bad. of that one. <laughs> I, I definitely will get a, some good shots of that. Real quick, uh, Rashad, what do you think about the spring game this past Friday? Hey, I, I tell you what, uh, the spring game, it was, first of all, the weather was outstanding. I was worried about the weather um, the whole week, uh, but it was a beautiful night, almost 30,000 on hand for the spring game. Uh, Will Gardner is probably uh, the biggest thing I brought out of that, 32 or 37 completions, 542 yards, four touchdowns, and only one interception on an overthrow. Um, Will looked very comfortable. He was very accurate. The biggest thing that's going to happen this year – Charlie Strong did a great job of accumulating offensive talent. Uh, You know, there's no doubt about that. I just think it was one of those things where he really tied Sean Watson's hands as far as being aggressive and really utilizing the strengths of these players. Next year, with guys like Gerald Christian, Devontae Parker, James Quick, Michael Dyer, Dominique Brown, Keith Tobridge, uh, you know, just goes on and on. Uh, Eli Rogers and all these players. Bobby Petrino is going to do a great job of getting all these guys open in space, they're going to score a lot of points. The biggest question is going to be defensively. I am worried you're going to have pretty much two green safeties uh, in the backfield. They have talent. You have a great redshirt freshman, Terrence Ross, who is very talented. Of course, you have Gerard Hollyman, who is a U.S. Army All-American. He's probably the most veteran guy of the group, but he's only been a you know a nickel back and kind of a situational player. Now he's got to step up and be a leader in the back line of that defense. Um, they have a lot of talent defensively. It may take them a little while to go along, but this team's going to put up so many points. I don't know if it's going to make a difference. I definitely think Bobby Petrino has a very talented group, uh, and they did look good on Friday night. Rashawn, we appreciate you calling in, giving us your insight um, about the spring game, also your recruiting knowledge, which I know you are – Truly an expert in. Thank you very much, Rashawn. Have a great rest of your weekend. It looks like I was looking at the University of Louisville football schedule since it's now up on online. It uh, looks like Bobby Petrino will open the season on September 1st this year against Miami. That's a, that's, a, that's a season opener for you. Very exciting schedule in the ACC coming up for these cards and the football. I mean, a lot of excitement for the, the football team this year. No one knows it better than the man who we have on the line with us, Mark Blankenbaker, the sheriff of thecrunchzone.com. How are you doing this morning, Mark? I'm fantastic, Kelly. How are you? Doing great. We appreciate you joining us this morning. We have a few minutes here where we want to hear 
the sheriff's breakdown and synopsis of what takeaways you got. I know you're in attendance at the spring game. What's going on with this football team? What do Cards fans have to look forward to this year? Well, you have a lot to look forward to. Uh, really, what you have to look forward to is a lot of points, uh, an offense that's going to be wide open. Fans really lamented the play calling run for, on first and second down and then have Teddy Bridgewater bail you out on third down. That offense is gone. Um, you're going to have uh, an offense that can stay on schedule, get first downs on first and second down. And, you know, last on on Friday night, the red team had 33 first downs, only four of which came on third down. Um, I know they're playing against the second-team defense, but uh, that was just sort of a product of, you know, 500 and I don't even know what the exact number was for Will Gardner, but it was 500-plus yards of passing. And so Louisville is going to go downfield. They have so many weapons on at wide receiver and at tight end that they have no choice but to go downfield. And so we're going to see a lot of that defensively. You're going to see a high-pressure defense. Uh, the front seven for Louisville is outstanding. They have two really good corners right now. The only real question mark is at the safety position on defense. And you'd like to get some depth um, at some of the – some of the positions, but they Louisville has a lot of depth on defense, except for the safety position. And um, you know, so so you have a lot to look forward to. I love this team. I like the way that they rounded in the shape uh, this spring. Now, as far as talent in the defensive secondary, Mark, and I don't follow it as closely as you do, admittedly. But when I think of young talent who should still be on the roster, I think of two guys. And I think they were teammates in high school. Gerard Holloman and the president, number 15, Andrew Johnson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, both those guys, they, they, they were teammates. And, uh, you know, Holloman, it's time for him to step up in, in the safety position. Louisville needs a safety. Uh, Jermaine Reeve has had surgery about 10 days ago. He is, I, I have to say, he's probably doubtful for the season. Um, and so you're, you're going to, and he was probably your only sure thing coming in uh, to the season at the safety position. So now you got Gerard Holloman, former U.S. Army All-American. He's got to step up at the safety position. Andrew Johnson, I think you're going to see him play a lot of third corner, a lot of nickel, uh, things like that. Right now at the cornerback position, Terrell Floyd, Charles Gaines, probably one of the best cornerback duos in the country. Gaines, pure cover corner, really is not interested in tackling very much. And the good news is that he doesn't have to tackle very much because his receiver doesn't get the ball very often. Terrell Floyd, he's much more of a complete corner. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of ball skills. He's not as fast as Charles Gaines, but he's physical, and uh, but he he has enough speed to cover. You know, probably ninety percent of the people. Uh, the only the only time they really look silly out there is when they're going one on one against Devontae Parker, and you know, I just don't think that, that there is a corner out there that can cover Devontae Parker. So uh, it's kind of a lot of fun. They get to go and work up against a wide receiving core that I think they have seven seniors in that group. So there's a lot of lot of experience for these young guys underneath Gaines, Johnson, and uh, Floyd to come in and learn. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot going on in that group. And uh, Terrence, Terrence Ross, uh, he's coming off an injury, and I have to figure that he's going to factor. And there's some, there's some true freshmen coming in. And, of course, a transfer uh, that isn't – all that official yet, but it's pretty much going to happen from uh, from out west. So that you know, that's another U.S. Army All-American that you're going to be able to add to your defense backfield. What, what can you tell us about this kid who's uh, the transfer from Georgia? Six five, two thirty, strong safety. Has some problems at Georgia, but looks like he's he's going to be a Cardinal. What, what can you tell us about about him? 
Josh Harvey Clemens will be a Cardinal. He's going to have to sit out the 2014 season. He's going to play the star um, position um, in Ty Grantham's 3-4 defense. So in passing situations, uh, he's the safety. In running situations, he's a linebacker. So he's like in Ty Grantham's style, um, there's really not a way to really pigeonhole very many players into one role. Grantham likes to have players who really can do a lot of things, and Harvey Clemens is big enough and fast enough to do a linebacker position and a safety position, but he can't really – so he, he's really actually perfect for Grantham's style in that. So he's going to play that star position, and uh, he will have to sit out the season. Uh, but, you know, in a couple – starting in 2015, he's going to be a star in this defense. Um, if he can keep his life in order, that's really his major challenge because we know he can play football. Um, can he stay on a straight and narrow path? Uh, I don't know, but getting out of Georgia, getting a new change of scenery, sometimes that helps guys. Other times they fall on their face. I don't know Josh Harvey, Harvey Clemens, but um, you know, I think it was all downhill from from him at Georgia when he let that ball bounce off his chest and he should have knocked it down and allowed a huge hail mary to Auburn, probably one of the plays of the year. And Auburn doesn't go to the national championship game and, and play against Florida State if it wasn't for Josh Harvey Clemens. Clemens not knocking the ball down. He was in perfect position to make a pick, but in that situation, they just needed him to put the ball on the ground. Now, Mark, we really appreciate you joining us this morning. Let our listeners know before we let you go, how can they follow you on Twitter? Tell us, uh, uh, you know, what your website's thecrunchzone.com. What can they look for, and what should they use the Crunch Zone for as a resource for, for those Cards fans out there listening? Absolutely. Uh, you can follow me on at UofUsSheriff50. You can find me on thecrunchzone.com. Uh, really, we try to focus on a lot of large projects. This week, we're going to have a really large um, Teddy Bridgewater video. A lot of people are, are knocking him, and a lot of scouts in the NFL are you know, talking about how he's not the, the quarterback in the draft and how he keeps falling in the draft. So we're going to we put together a highlight tape. It will release tomorrow. You can check that out. It's going to be kind of a quintessential middle finger to all the NFL scouts out there to say, this is why Teddy Bridgewater needs to be the first quarterback off the board. You can do whatever you want to do in the, in the combine and the measurables and whatever. And the end, at the end of the day, he's a gamer. And that's really all that matters in the NFL. We've seen Drew Brees. We've seen Russell Wilson. We've seen all these guys that don't do well in the combine. But guess what? They hold up the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the day. And that's what NFL teams need to start worrying about instead of trying to find the robot prototype they need to find ball players who can produce instead of the big guy that looks great on paper and then they end up having to work on him for five six years pay him a lot of money and then cut him and say hey that was a bust Teddy Bridgewater is not a bust in the NFL he's a he's an NFL he's a football junkie and he will excel in the NFL and the tape that we're going to show tomorrow on the crunchzone.com is going to demonstrate that uh, pretty much across the board. Real quick question about Teddy. Why did he choose not to throw with the glove on? He was accustomed to throwing with the glove all year. Why did he not wear it during the pro day? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I think it comes down to some some of the advice that he's getting, and I think a lot of people are in Teddy's ear right now, and uh, sometimes not everybody um, really can, you know, they not everybody knows what's best for Teddy. Um, and in the end, what Teddy Bridgewater is going to realize, you got to remember he's still – 21 year old kid what Teddy Bridgewater has to realize is that he has to trust himself he has to trust his game he needs to stop listening to what everybody else say say that he should be and just be himself 
And that, that's, the, that's the best advice I can give to anybody in any job interview. Don't try to be what they want you to be. Be yourself, and more, more often than not, things will go well for you. Great advice. So where do you think he'll end up at? I, I like to see him in Minnesota. I think there's a great foundation there where they have a running game. Who do you think is going to take a chance on him? You know, I, I think, honestly, I, I can't see the Jags or the Browns passing on him. I just I think that both those franchises are so quarterback desperate um, that they have to. And I think in the end, a lot of, there's a lot of posturing going on there in the NFL right now. And I think the Browns would be a fantastic place for him. Because uh, they have a lot of great guys now. The only problem with Brown, they they're going to have trouble keeping a lot of their free agents. Oh yeah. Um, if they can if they can get Teddy Bridgewater in there and start producing and get some of these free agents that are coming up under contract, maybe if they can believe in Teddy Bridgewater, maybe they entertain the idea of sticking around. That's the only problem with the Cleveland Browns. The Jags, they're already having that free agent problem. But the good thing with the Jaguars is that they could be in L.A. in two years. So. You know, Teddy Bridgewater as the franchise quarterback of a Los Angeles football team in a, in a city that's football hungry. I mean, that sounds like a really awesome opportunity for Teddy. Um, in the end, I don't know where he ends up, um, but I can't really see him coming out of the top five. Um, I know that a lot of people have him slipping down. I don't know why he hasn't played a game since December 28th. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he he looked good. He looked good all season. He threw it out his glove at his pro day. People had problems. That I don't, you know, I say, I say, go to the tape, see what the kid can do when the lights come on, and when he has, when he's throwing against the defense instead of error, which he did at pro day. So you know, I I'll go with that all day long, um, and seeing a guy who can make plays with his feet under pressure um, and still get the ball out of his hand and, and into the right place. So you know, that's what Teddy Bridgewater is, and um, you know, any NFL team that takes him is going to be very very happy they did so. Mark, last question for you. Uh, looking at the 2014 Cardinal football season, we've got Miami, we've got Notre Dame on the schedule, uh, BCS champions Florida State um, playing UK last game of the season at home. Um, what is your prediction right now today of what our schedule or our record will be um, the end of 2014 football season? Well, you know, my, my Mendoza line is eight wins. If they if they win eight, they're meeting my expectations. If they're below that, I'm I'm wondering what went wrong. If they're above that, I'm definitely happy. Um, and when you go into the ACC, you're, you're not only changing your league, you're cha- you're losing your, your quarterback, who's one of the best in the, in the country. Um, you're losing a first-round safety. Uh, you're changing your coach. So there's a lot of change, and there's always change in college football, but it's never that dramatic across the board where it's quarterback, league, coach, all in the same season. But this roster is stacked. I think eight wins is definitely attainable. They go beyond that. I'm extremely happy. All card fans should be happy. Um, But if they do win more than eight, that's because they figured out solutions at the safety position. The offensive line looks great right now. Literally going to be able to run the football and they have options in the passing game. If they can shore up their defense in in the defensive backfield, they could be elite. But right now, I don't want to go much off that eight number because I just think that there's too much change that's going to happen. They don't have any of the scouting um, from last year will apply to next year. So they're really going to have to start from scratch each game other than Miami and Kentucky. And Kentucky's at the end of the year now, so it will be like almost two full seasons 
So Kentucky's going to be totally different than they played them last. Miami is really the only game that you can attain and say, hey, look, this is what we have a scouting report on, and that you can still apply it to the to the next year. Otherwise, they're doing it 12 new times. Mark, so that's, that, that's really what I see. Mark, we really appreciate you coming on with us this morning. Thank you very much. Once again, that is Mark Blankenbaker at UofL Sheriff 50. Uh, from thecrunchzone.com. Have a great rest of your weekend, Mark. Thank you very much. You too, Kelly. We'll talk soon, guys. For sure. Good you know, stuff. Good stuff yeah. there from Mark Blankenbaker, the sheriff. I It brings up the, the, the thought process for me of Thursday, May 8th, is the beginning of the NFL draft. How much is riding on Teddy Bridgewater being drafted to a team where he's going to play pretty soon and then having success in the NFL? How much is riding on that as a UofL football fan? Do we need that identity to no. be representing us in the NFL? No. I don't think so. So if, if, te- if Teddy Bridgewater is a bust, that doesn't impact I think if he's us. a total bust, it doesn't impact the seasons and the work that he put in at UofL, unlike other universities in the state. Um, we, don't, we don't bank the quality of our program based upon how many people play at the next level. <laughs> But in the NFL, it does help to have some success at the pro level, right? Sure, it helps, absolutely. I like that Deion Branch had a great career. Ted Washington had a hell of a career out of Louisville. Um, there's a lot of Gary Barnage is doing well right now. Um, Michael Bush is, in my opinion, had a very impressive career. The list goes on and on. Same goes for Kentucky. Jacob Tammy, Wesley Woodyard, uh, for Louisville, Elvis Dumerville. I like that. I, I got to admit, I like it. Mm-hmm. And the quarterback position in the NFL – is such a valued role within the realm of American sports that I feel it could be an opportunity for maybe this program to take the next step. Sure. I think, honestly, I think um, Teddy's one of those kids that always lands on his feet. I think he just needs to get drafted. I don't think it matters where exactly he falls or it's in terms of a number on the draft board. I think if he gets on a team, he's going to work his way to the top. Well, I sure hope he doesn't go to the Cleveland Browns. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, Why? I mean, because they Look at are the terrible. Why does history matter? Because when, when, when have they ever protected their quarterback? Never. I think at the end of the day, we're looking at who is he going to throw the ball to. And Cleveland, like uh, Carlo was saying, in terms of the free agent market, like nobody wants to sign the Cleveland Browns. No, but time changes. If, if there's a, a league out there that exploits parity and embraces parity – it's the NFL. The Patriots were garbage until Bill Belichick came along, and 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 they now they're a dynasty. Well, they were good before that. They were good under, under Bill Pete, Parcells. Pete Carroll. Bill Parcells took them to the Super Bowl. They weren't Bowl. that good under Pete Carroll. They were decent. They made. Did, they were a playoff did, team. What about Seattle? Seattle. Look no further than this year's Super Bowl champs. They were in the Super Bowl several years ago. Back in what? With Sean Alexander. And yeah. Before then, I so think. So they've had some success. The Browns haven't been successful since Benny Testaverde, and they really weren't successful then. But you got to blame a lot of that on management and ownership. They haven't been you good, haven't been good since mean, Jim Brown. They, they weren't even that good it. with Jim Brown. Let's face it. When you take Tim Couch first overall. Well, Tim Couch was a good quarterback. Would, he, didn't, would he, was a, he didn't have any protection. You said it correctly. He was a good quarterback. He didn't have any he was protection. Not, he was Give not him time to throw the ball. He could have been a good quarterback. He was NFL not number one pick. From my perspective, there's a, a city like Cleveland – who the dog pound? They love their football. There is a bunch of crazy guys who work at Ford and places like that in Cleveland. And if you come there and you help to really revitalize the program in once again the NFL that parity thrives in, I think it could be a good opportunity. Same as Raiders. They have 
some of the biggest fans ever. Raider Nation. One right. thing for Cleveland they have in their favor is that the I forgot the wide receiver's name, but he did lead the league in catches, catches last year. No, no, not, not just Cribs. No, uh, Josh Morgan. I think so. He led the league Mohamed last Masigua year. Mohamed or no, something no, no, like no. that. But the, it's Morgan. I think he led the league in uh, catches this past season. Okay, so that's a positive. Now I don't know how their offensive line is. I'd be, um, you know. I don't know. Do they still have Joe Thomas? I think they do. There's a list that came out of how many quarterbacks they've ran through the last 10, 15 years, man. It's ridiculous. Ashley, where would you like to see Teddy go? We only got a few minutes left. Somewhere close. I okay. would go watch him play. I actually would go watch him. So, I think Minnesota's perfect for him. If he, if he slips and he fumbles and he goes to the end of the first round, or maybe even the Bengals take him, he has an Aaron Rodgers style. It may work out fall. better for him. Yeah. That, it works out better. It worked Honestly, out fine for Aaron Rodgers. Hell, he's doing great. He won a Super Bowl. He's I think got that cool commercial. I think he'll be a good quarterback depending on where he goes. I, I think, think he'll, he'll be, be a, I think he'll be a good NFL quarterback, but just don't go to the Browns or the Jaguars. Recipe for disaster. Yeah, I don't think it matters. I'd I like to regardless. see my Bengals get him. If he falls and the Bengals take him, because I'm not sold. You guys know I don't like Andy Dalton at all. You clearly have, don't like Have, Andy have I ever told you guys that? Uh, they, he would be a hero here. I mean, right up the road from us. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It'd be amazing. Todd, yeah. what are you shaking your and head for? The Bengals will make. A lot of money but, from Cardinal fans going up to support Teddy. Andy Blake, Dalton, if he's making ten dollars and three pair of socks, he's overpaid. <laughs> Blake, bro, Blake, so they need to get Teddy. If Teddy falls, God. Blake Brothers is going to be the quarterback out of this draft. That's going to be the future of the NFL. Why? Because of what he did in a, 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 a gym room, or because of what he did on the field? They, they, he led his team to the Big East, uh, whatever conference they were in championship. Didn't American, he? yeah. So hey, he's the prototypical NFL style type of quarterback. He's going to be successful. You heard me say it first. I'm always right, Kelly, except on the Kevin Ollie thing. Mm. UConn, you were certainly not right. You said UConn was a horrible team. I did. All year. I was wrong. Point. That brings up a point. Um, I want to see your new tattoo, Carlo. That you have, have a tattoo? Well, actually, I can play the soundbody. Actually, I, I am going to get the warrior tattoo here. No, 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 no. Are there you was, ultimate I warrior? I did you see was the there something that said yeah. if, if UConn beat Kentucky? That he would get a Yukon Husky tattoo. Was and that the truth? Basketball there Dynasty. They're in basketball I can run that back. History. They are. Yukon, actually, and that's a whole different topic we, we didn't, didn't even, even get talk today. About that today. But we've got plenty more to talk about next Sunday. <laughs> Keep in mind, we're on every Saturday, Mike Gandolfo, on Saturday from 9 to 11, and Sunday from 10 till 12. That's the weekend sports bus. Carlo, Ashley, Todd, myself, so Kelly. We will all be back next Sunday with more of the weekend sports bus. My friend, I'll say it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain, I've lived a life that's full, I traveled each and every byway, oh and more, much more than this. I did it my